0: Tuning into this week's episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie, and this week's episode is hosted by Ryan. And if you're a fan of the Fast and the Furious franchise, I think you're going to enjoy this episode. We welcome actor Sung Kang, who plays Han Lu in F9. And in our second segment, Ryan had the pleasure of attending the F9 press conference and gives you a breakdown of what she experienced, what it was like seeing all of the cast and the director and all of the team involved in putting this whole film together. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast.
1: Welcome to the Black Girl Nurse Podcast. I'm your host Ryan, and after the year we have, are you guys starting to live your life a quarter mile at a time? I know I'm trying to. Or how about this? This is my favorite quote right here: "Life's simple. You make choices, and don't look back." And I know if you if you're a fast fan, if you're part of the fast family. You probably know I'm talking about one of the greatest franchises. I mean, it's the greatest franchise in the world to me. And they don't make any bad choices, if you ask me, including listening to the fans when it comes to the hashtag, justice for Han. And that brings me to my guest today. We got Han himself joining me, actor Sung Kang. Sung, how are you doing?
2: wonderful how are you today thanks for having me on
1: so good thank you for joining me it is absolute pleasure you guys cannot see me but i've been smiling ear to ear knowing that i'm going to talk to this guy because i'm such a fan of this franchise what it means the cars the fast life everything han did you or han look at that that's how much i'm into this i'm gonna say han instead of sung sung did you know that you were always destined to be part of the fast family and what's your favorite part about playing han
2: uh, no, no. I mean, it, it, this is all, you know, fairy tale Hollywood stuff, Ryan. You know, it's like the idea of being in a franchise that's, you know, lived for 20 years and then playing a character that's, you know, passed away and resurrected by the fans. Like, that's all Hollywood, like, fairy tale stuff that you read about or you see in a documentary, you know? Um, and and so you know, each time that I was able to participate in one of the Fast movies, you know, it was like the gift that just never stopped giving. You know, it's like um, I felt like it was a privilege, great place to learn. You know, working on a Fast movie, it is like going to the amusement park. You know, and and the resources are there to give you the opportunity to do the best work you can as an actor on your craft and just focus on that. It's pretty liberating when you come from indie filmmaking, like Justin Lin, the director of F9 and Tokyo Drift. Uh, you know, where we started our career together, um, you know, we came from nothing. We came from a credit card movie, you know, and the, the, the journey that you, we get to, to, to have together as friends, you know, it's like, it's nice to be able to recall all the, you know, the, the experiences we've had from the indie films to all the cool things on the Fast movies. So it's just been a blessing over and over and over, right? So it's really been cool.
1: Well, listen, it's absolutely a blessing for the fans as well to, to get to do this every year. You guys coming up on your 20th anniversary. Do you have a favorite scene leading up to this point? Because I have my favorite scene that I want to ask you about, but do you have one? Mm.
2: Uh, well, I always, in Tokyo Drift, I always love that scene where Han is drifting around the, the two girls in the car, right? It's like, it's <laughs> uh, come on, that is, that just puts <laughs> you on epic, like yeah. super... Like pimpolicious level, like you are like, at the <laughs> highest level of dopeness to everybody around you and your nieces and nephews. It's street cred, right? So,
1: yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah, listen, my my dope scene for you, and I don't know, I mean, it kind of street cred, so I don't know if you're gonna judge me for this. Is my song, my scene I'm picking out for Han, but mine is uh Fast and Furious Six where um it's Han and it's Roman fighting in the subway. I forgot oh, who yeah. they're fighting, but yeah, they Joe are Tassel. just getting, okay, okay, yeah. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. And they're just getting like camera, but it's such in the best way because they don't stop. Like they keep going and they even this point where they're trying to like tag each other out. Like, no, 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 you go, you go. Yeah, that is yeah, one yeah. of my favorite yeah. moments.
2: Yeah, and it, it, you know, and that's kind of the beauty of those, like, you know, long-lived relationships on screen is that, you know, we can take, you know, the action and what is obvious, and then, you know, incorporate our off-camera relationship. And that's how Tyrese and I behave off-camera. We're always joking around, cracking jokes. I mean, you better watch out with Tyrese if you're going to wear some funny clothes. You better (laughs) watch out, (laughs) because he's on you, right? So the energy is high, and, you know, that to infuse comedy and, like, you know, the camera doesn't lie. You know, it's great to go and play with Tyrese and, you know, and give the fans the action stuff, but then put the you know, the familiar relationships that they've grown grown up with within the Fast characters, right? So that's awesome. Awesome working with them.
1: And speaking of which, of you guys working together and just that relationship and the dialogue, what do the scripts look like when you get them? Do you guys add a lot of your own stuff? Do you wait until you get into the certain env- environments and locations to add in things?
2: Well, you know, Justin Lin comes from, you know, traditional um, American filmmaking. You know, he, he was schooled at UCLA and he knows that, you know, what's the words on the paper and important, but it's a map, you know, it's a map to get us there. But sometimes on that journey, you got to be fluid and you got to, you know, you got to pivot. Right. And when you have, you know, um, a long relationship like that and a shorthand with the cast and the crew, it gives you liberty to start ad-libbing. And when the energy's right, like Tyrese is great at it, you know, he'll come in and, you know, and he'll add all these things. And, you know, and if you have a director that is an actor's director and believes in the actors and gives you space, but it's in the, the realm of making sure it makes sense to propel the story forward, right, so it's fun, you know, and now we have a shorthand, you know, so we've played ball together multiple times. So we know our weak sides and we know our strengths, you know, so.
1: Yeah, you definitely, you guys definitely know. Speaking of strength, we gotta talk about some of these fight scenes. Um, going into F9 here. And by the way, for all the listeners, spoiler alert, so put us on pause, go check out the movie and then come back for uh for some of these scenes we're gonna touch on here. But um, so thinking about some of the action, how you guys work together, did you feel like a complete badass with your entrance? Because you came in at the exact moment when Letty and Mia needed you because they were all their tank was wiped out, they were going hard for a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm. Um you know i didn't i didn't feel like a badass for sure because i had so much like you know returning to first day school anxiety and i was like that was my first day on set you know with the oh, crew wow give we, we give dom a hug and it's the first day i saw everybody and you know, they were already shooting i think like seven days or like a week and a half into it and i came a little later and you know night like before and you know, even you know I mean? when I'm, like, preparing to get to the set, like, you know, there's anxiety. You're like, I haven't seen these guys in a long time. It's like transferring out of, a, like, you know, high school and your like, end of, like, you know, you know, sophomore year and coming back, like, in your middle of senior year. You know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> some, some things change. Maybe nothing's changed. You know, you kind of have your homies and you hope they accept you. And that hug is, you know, a testament to where camera doesn't lie is that, you know, it's the first time I saw Ben in back from, you know, probably the last film we did together. Yeah, it was great. It was wonderful. So it wasn't badass. It was like, you know, welcoming homecoming. It was just very emotional. you know. Right?
1: right. Yeah, absolutely. And what was it like being back? Uh, Jordana, you got, she, they kind of pivot her role in this a little bit more than usual. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you? Also, Letty, I kind of feel like they were the ones that kind of meet you up first as you're kind of coming, you know, coming back into high school. Those are the people you see, yeah. you know, coming into the classroom first. How was that?
2: You know, it's great to see that, you know, the women in our franchise can go and kick some butt and be you know, badasses, just like the dudes. But then it's not a topic of discussion anymore. It's like, oh, first movie to do this, the first movie to allow women to do this. Nah, it's it's the world. It's like, hey, right. man, if we can go to space, you know, Jordan and I could kick like a couple of dudes asses, you know what I mean? Come on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, So, you know, that entry point is great to be a part of. And also, you know, over the years, um, you know, Jordana and Michelle have become my sisters, you know. So to be able to share that, you know, return with sisters offset and then, you know, the characters that we play. And, you know, you see it on screen, like, you know, Michelle's like reaction and Jordan's reaction. It's like it's so it's so, you know, welcoming. Right. And then, you know, it, it. it. I think it was a great, you know, connective tissue and entry point to the new character of L, also, because it's family meeting right. family, introducing new family, right? So, you know, it was like perfect. And they all kick ass together, right? So they all yeah. are interconnected, right? So they saved each other's butt, right? So boom, what a great start. What a great entry, you know?
1: Yeah. And how was that? Speaking of L, I love that character interest too, by for Han, by the way, because I feel like there's so many things that Han is going to have on his mind. You feel like coming back into this world. What do you think that relationship is going to show us about his character, his character going forward? And what was it like working with um, Anna in those in those scenes? Because she has some pretty uh, kick ass scenes as well.
2: Oh, well, Anna, you know it's it's tough to be the the new kid, you know, on the block. Yeah, you know, new kid at school, and you know she, she doesn't need anybody to take care of her. She's a force to be reckoned with. She's going to be a superstar, you know. So great, awesome to work with. You know, it's like just you know wonderful soul. So easy to collaborate. True true you know um you know artist and you know actress so you know um it was it was like a wonderful discovery to have her into the franchise so it was easy to connect with her you know um and what was the first question i'm sorry besides anna i'm sorry what was the other part? um
1: just the i'm kind of curious about this relationship going forward like what will it oh, mean yeah, for forward. yeah
2: that's right right well you know Han is older now, you know, and I've I, it's it's I feel really blessed that I get to come back and play Han as an older man as well because you know, life doesn't discriminate when it teaches you lessons and gives you you know, obstacles. Everybody's had a tough few years, and um, and as I've gotten older, you know, my value system and priorities have changed, you know, and it's great that I can grow old with the character and apply that and those life lessons to this character because you know Han lives by cowboy codes you know he's very you know by the guts and you know it's like he doesn't judge a book by its cover it's you know, it's what's inside it you know he'll judge a man or a woman by it, right so you know it's like to be able to parallel you know the character's growth with my own personal journey and to go oh I believe in very similar things that Han believes in and some believes in so you know it's been cool it's like what a blessing like my actors get to come back and visit and i you know and i'm older like i'm slower i can't do the stunts like i used to but <laughs> it's okay you know you know my sh- hair is a little shorter and all that you know so it's all good you know so it's to to be able to be welcome back as you get older it's like like i said right it's like that hollywood dream of like when you see like han solo in star wars and you growing up with them right as you get right older, exactly right? so and I get to be I get to be a part of that right?
1: yeah I, by the way I love the short hair though I love the short hair Thank you. it gave us like Thank this you. fresher this fresh Han come back we're like oh my gosh what he's gonna do what is he gonna do and speaking of which it was so cool to kind you kind of see you be the key of like I always call it the big baddie tech I think it was Eris I'm trying to remember all this stuff from just seeing it yeah um yeah. And um, like the tech, like I said, is this is villain on its own, having to mm-hmm. even take down a satellite for you guys to be able to destroy this. What was that? Mm-hmm. And you're talking about these stunts. What was that scene like where you guys are in this trying to get this huge tanker, I guess, if you want to yeah. or, of a truck to stop? Like, what was that scene? Yeah. What are you guys seeing on set when you're filming something like that?
2: Oh, when we are actually like the, the scene with Francis Navanu, the current UFC heavyweight champion. Right.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
2: First of all, I gotta give that guy props because you know it was an honor to be able to work with such a gentleman that takes his you know profession you know so seriously, and he has so much fun with it. He's not like some you know uh, one-dimensional brute. We in between the tanks, takes he schooled me on international tax law because he lives in (laughs) Vegas and you know he wants to save on you know like you know paying taxes, right? So he's like schooling me, and so. You know, we never talked about fighting or exercise or anything. We were literally talking about international tax law and family and his, and how much, you know, he values his parents and what they taught them, I mean, taught him. And it was like, you know, it's like meeting a sensei. You know, if you're a UFC champion, you're doing something right. And if you get lucky, you meet a true champion, not just in the ring, but in life. And that's who mm-hmm. Francis is. And... and You know, aside from the action stuff, to get to learn from somebody like that, to you know, he has so much power in the Guinness Book or what World Records. I think he has the most powerful punch in the world uh, from a man ever, right? So to be able to see someone control that instrument and then be able to play pretend with me, you know, this like you know guy with the bad back that's aging. (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, this is pretend, Francis. You know what I'm saying? Like hey, I gotta, you know, I I gotta, I gotta. I got to get to that scene where I'm eating snacks. That's, like, that's about as much stunts as I can do these days. You know what I mean? <laughs> but amazing. Yeah, it's
0: fantastic. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Amazing listen, people you get to meet.
0: Hmm? Yeah.
1: And listen, to I got to talk, you about these cars. Like, I think nice. my, like, Tokyo Drift, you were driving, what was it a Mazda RX-7, I think it was? Yeah,
2: Mazda yeah. RX-7, FD. yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. That was that was a badass car. Now talk about this one. You actually got the drive. Um, what is it? The um, the Lotus the Lotus Evora that you got to drive in yeah. this one?
2: No, this is a, a Toyota Supra.
1: Oh, it's, oh, oh, okay.
2: Yeah, the Hans orange black car that is eventually John that Cena you're sitting on the, the poster, away.
1: sitting on the poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: That's that's a Toyota Supra. So that is like the current rendition of what Paul Walker drove in Fast and Furious One. You know that orange car that he had yeah.
1: that mm-hmm. at the
2: end where he was racing Dom in the Charger. So right, that yeah. is like the latest rendition of that. Oh, nice.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How did you get to actually drive it? Or did that was that kind of like stationary for you guys to get the scenes? Did you actually get to take off in it?
2: You know, back in the day, they used to let us go to like tracks like Irwindale and take out all the cars and, you know, do all the drifting stuff. But these days, because of technology and just, you know, come on. I mean, just the gorilla in the room, you know, we lost people. We lost some family and we don't want to be you know, it doesn't work like that anymore, you know what I mean? So, right, we have yeah. stunt drivers that risk their lives and make us look great, and the technology helps, but, you know, it'd be great to do the stunts ourselves, but, you know, at the end of the day, we're actors, you know, I don't claim yeah. to do those stunts, you know, we have amazing professionals that make us look amazing, so, um, I'm I'm curious about the cars. so I become a student of every car that Han is related with, right, and so, you know, come on, it's like a kid in the candy store, if you're into cars, man, you get the you know, you get the key to the world, right? You get the key to the garage of the world, essentially, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Is it true that you have your own collection, your own kind of uh, car collection?
2: And Yeah, I wouldn't call it a collection. I would call it just reasons to get together with my buddies. You know, each project, <laughs> you know, I, I start with a beater, you know, and I find it on Craigslist and then I come up with some, you know, crazy ideas with some friends. And it's a reason for us to just hang out in the garage. And during covid I mean, it was a lifesaver to stay proactive and and creative, and then still collaborate, and then actually see something right that comes out of it that is celebrated. So I I I'm more into building like old cars and like restoring them. So I have a few, but I would to call it like
1: some fancy collection, right? Yeah, <laughs> into hey, listen, it's a few more than me. It look look, it's yeah. a few more than me, and they're very fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do want to go back to one thing you mentioned here. What is the snack the Han is always eating? i have always wondered about that.
2: Well, it varies on the day of what the craft service has available, you know, um, <laughs> and what region he's in. So, you know, if he's in Brazil, he's gonna pick up some probably like Brazilian cashews or something. You know, it's ah, yeah, it's whatever. It has to have the right density so I can you know pop it into my mouth. That's really exactly. it. You know, I I don't discriminate <laughs> when it comes to snacks, right? I don't know about you, you know. <laughs>
1: love it do you, do people ever walk up to you and ask you why you're not eating a snack because i just love that that's all part of his character now
2: all the time everyone calls me han and the next thing is where's your snack you yeah. know well and we're then, glad you let us like, do it yeah it's, and the third is i thought you were dead like okay all right i get it haha you know yeah
1: <laughs> Uh, I love, see, I, that's how much we get into this. And I was telling you before I, before we started that when I finished this film, I wasn't sure how I was going to f- uh, feel because, you know, you. for me, you got to watch all the films before you lead up to this one and you're thinking okay I've seen it all you know you heard about the stunts and everything and you don't know exactly how it's going to make you feel you're like have I seen too much already but I Mm -hmm. felt like if you're at Universal Studios and you're at Disney or something and you're immersed in the ride I felt like my adrenaline was still pumping when I left the theater and I couldn't explain it I didn't know why but Uh, I just felt like uh, the pace of it was different did you feel mm -hmm. like that on set uh
2: you know the fast movies are so huge now it's like you know, imagine like five circus all like, you know, circus, like, you know, camps coming to you know, shoot in your town. That's where we are. And so the energy is always vibrant and crazy. I and mean, each movie gets bigger and bigger. And then, you know, we get new cast members like John Cena. It's bigger than life. So the whole point of Fast and Furious is to make it bigger and bigger and bigger. So, yeah, I think, you know, just like how you had that visceral reaction, you know, I get to live it. You know, I get to be there. I didn't see mm-hmm. it, right? Right. So absolutely.
1: Do you kind of um uh wrapping on the film here? Cause I have another question I want to get to you about. What was it? What are you hoping that fans kind of take away from this from this kind of um I guess about Han's character and the next step he'll take, you know, like his mindset going forward on the films without giving because yeah, I always want to keep the code of not giving the ending away, but I kind of I'm kinda curious what you think.
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's I think there's been you know, I was, I, I've been really thinking about it and I actually had a conversation with Vin um, during the uh, the promo tour and he was like, you know, for 10, you know, where is, you know, the it's just one word, it's drama. Like what does a man do when he's lost his maybe first and only love, right? And then he finds the man he thinks is responsible or the people that he thinks is responsible, what happens, right? So I'm excited, you know, there's like, in our fast and furious world, we have the liberty for some weird reason, like we can go kind of soap opera, K-drama, like really melodramatic. So, <laughs>
1: <you don't know. laughs> yeah, you know right. I mean? Exactly. I love it though. Yeah, we love man. it
2: though. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? You know I mean, I mean, it's, it's a great teaser and, and I, everyone asks me like, what's up, what's up with you and stadium I'm like, I don't know. You know, Justin is really smart about keeping everything close to his chest because I can promise him that I'm not going to say anything, but you know, I'm going to tell my, my my mom and my sister and my bros.
1: You know I, mean? so, <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're kind of like fanning this out as we would do. Like you got to go and tell them that you saw this scene and who was in the scene. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, guys, speaking of which, make sure you stay and wait. Like they always have the music pumping at the end with some of the credits mm-hmm. starting to roll. So make sure you stay and wait. I'll just tell you that stay and wait and check it out.
2: Yeah, yeah. A lot of people left during the premiere, and then I saw all these people rush back. You know, to watch <laughs> any,
1: any yeah, kind of yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't have to rush back. We're telling you right now to stay and wait and check it out. Okay, as yeah. we wrap here, Sung, can you talk to me about Sung's Garage? I thought this was so cool that you're in the podcasting world. How did you start oh, that yeah. up?
2: You know, it was it was all uh, pandemic related. It was like you know we all suffered from isolation during that time, especially at the beginning. We're all scared and. And I'm a social person, right? Like I, I hug and I touch. And like when we, if you and I are together, like I'm slapping you on your shoulder, laughing. And, you know, that's kind of the way I am, you know? And um, and it, I just started going really kind of dark. It's like a flower wilting away, you know, especially when your water is people, you know? It's like, I'm an entertainer. I need to be around my friends and family. And, and so the, the, the podcast is a muscle that I do not have still. And it's so... So difficult. And, and, you know, I I learned so much respect for it, but it was a way for me to connect. And at the end of the day, also, it's like, how do I pay something forward, like literally just from my garage? And, you know, enough about me. It's about all these wonderful people that I get to meet on my journey. And, then, you know, I I take it for granted. And, you know, maybe my friends take it for granted. But, you know, some kid in, in the middle of nowhere, you know, might, you know, need that for His lesson for the day, or something might inspire him to be better, you know. It's it's like mentorship, you know. It's like, you know, a bit of what Han would, you know, say to you if you were in his garage, if you're going, you know, through some tough times, right? And I was like, all right, you know, there's so much going on, there's so much like, you know, anger and negative energy out there. Um, and it was, you know, it's it was it. it, it look, just because I play, you know, cool, you know, level headed dude on screen doesn't mean that life. You know doesn't affect me, and I was freaking out, so it was my just simple way of just trying to reach out to people and then sharing like wonderful lessons that I was looking for. Like, how do I be a good husband? How to be a better brother, better son, better friend? You know, just a better colleague on set. And through the podcast, weird enough, like when some person you know devotes their life and has an amazing car build, they're pretty special. You know, you learn a lot from them because. It's easy to just have a regular car, but, you know, a masterpiece, you know, and not value-wise, but, and then reason behind why they need to be a caretaker of of plastic and a bunch of metal. You learn a lot. And that's what, you know, Sung's Garage is, is for me to, you know, be inquisitive and learn from these amazing people that most likely would never have a platform or voice and then share those people. Right. And, and then also, it's a window into my world for the fans it's like you know like this these are my this is my tribe they're all colors and ages and sexes right so i think those little steps i was like how do i contribute to all of this you know hate out there all the asian stuff and the blm stuff is like i'm not a picket line guy i'm not an op-ed guy i was like how do i do it you know and it's stuff like this just to show hey man you know, this is my world and it's just normal, right? And so people of all colors and, you know, you might think I'm this or because I'm an actor or I play on that I would be this way. But nah, you know, this stuff is more important. It's the people and my family and what I learn from you, not how expensive your car is, you know. So anyway, that's a long answer, right? But. No, I love it.
1: I was going to say I want to dive into this, and and that's what's going right. to keep me some. All this stuff is going to keep me going until we get to the cool. to the next uh, Fast and Furious movie because I'm already ready for ten now. So I need something awesome. to kind of kind of take up my time. And I love it, and I totally agree with you. Like people don't realize talking at talking it out, being able to talk to people is so therapeutic, and to be able to mm-hmm. use your reach to bring light to certain issues. Do you have mm-hmm. a um? What episode? You have any episodes you can tease that are coming up for the podcast?
2: Oh, right now there's a whole history, like the anthology of like my relationship with Justin Lin, the director of Fast and Furious 9 and Tokyo Drift and Better Luck Tomorrow, where we met and how we started, how we created Han together and our journey together. So that's on sungsgarage.com now. And then um, because of the whole celebration of the 20th anniversary of Fast, I'm looking for people that within the Fast family that worked on the movie that normally would never get any voice. Like I, I, you know, Alex, one of the the dudes that working on fast since one he's the he's the behind the scenes uh not on set but at all the promo events he's the photographer so he has oh, pictures wow. yeah. from 20 years ago and Jeez. to be able to like pick yeah. his brain and, and talk about the growth of the franchise from his point of view right like that guy and then also my stunt driver who actually d- does all the stunts for me from Tokyo Drift he's you know he's uh Samuel Hubernet. he's from I think he's from Sweden right and to, to wow, put the spotlight on cool, yeah. the people that normally would never get you know you know like you know discovered or you would never aware they're even part of the movie, so you know those those two people are being teased up. Um, I also just you know when I go out in the world like I went to um, a car meet and I met uh, Jesse Iwuji, a uh, Navy Reserve, played football at the Navy Academy. You know he's the one of two African American NASCAR drivers in America. And I call him like living Superman. Like he's in the reserve, man. Like he's he's still fighting for right. country, right? He's like <laughs> yeah. He has like five businesses. You know, he's a son of immigrants. You know, and it's just like yo, know, this dude is like modern day role model. And so I seek those people out, and I and I invite them to the podcast and go teach me, teach me how you become what you become, and maybe some other kids can learn because I'm interested, man. Because. I, I'm not even half the man you are at your age. Like you're fighting for a country. You got four business. You're taking care of your parents. You're a NASCAR driver. Like what? Come on, bro. Right. Army, you know, Navy captain. Right. Like, yo, yeah. Right. <laughs> like crazy.
1: Right. Yeah. That's so cool, man. Well, we're looking yeah, forward yeah. to you guys. Go check it out on songsgarage.com. Yeah, also go yeah. check out uh f9 the fast saga go check it out in theaters right mm-hmm. now cannot wait you guys are get to get, get ready for this adrenaline rush like i can't even put it into words how it's gonna feel when you guys check this out and see how it's gonna be song this has been an absolute pleasure i cannot tell you how big of a fan i am of fast and furious and to get this honor to talk you. to you has been amazing thank you, thank you so much
2: thank you you're so sweet thank you so much it's a true honor thank you for your questions um Because, you know, without, you know, support um, from you, Ryan, like, you you know, we have no chance. So thank you so much for being there with us and being part of the family all these years. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. Thank you again. And you guys go check it out. And I will talk to you later. Bye.
2: Bye. See ya.
1: welcome to the black Girl nerds podcast i'm your host ryan and guys for this segment i'm riding solo because i got to talk to you about the f9 virtual press conference fast and furious 9 the fast saga coming out june 25th i had the honor the privilege you guys know how big of a fan i am to sit in and watch this it was so cool with the host provided by Universal and getting to see the different casts come back. And you can tell they're so excited, so ready for this to finally come out. There's been so many pushback dates. You remember we had that trailer drop way earlier before Rona. So it's it's been a lot of a lot of um, setbacks and, and things being held back because of the pandemics. I know it was so cool to see the cast come and talk about this. All right. So listen, oh, by the way, too, I realize I think I need a guy, you know, with a good heart that likes fast cars, also tech savvy. But, you know, while I work on that, let's get into what this press conference is about, you know, a little sideline about my dating life there, you know, anyway. All right. So getting into the press conference here. So the cool thing about Fast and Furious 9 F9 press conference is we're about to talk about the origin of Dom, right? Like five, nine films in 20 years since the first film, we finally get the origin story of Dom. Really cool. Finally get to learn more about him. Actually just the Toretto family in general, which is a big thing. So basically, if I want to give you the kind of the plot here, the overall story, Dom is living this quiet life off the grid. He got Lady and his son, his son, by the way, he named Brian, living this off the grid life. And then he is confronted by the sins of his past. We know how they like to do it in this franchise. And I'm thinking this is brought on by Cypher, played by Charlize Theron. And boy, does she play a heck of a villain because you want to punch her every single second. I bet you it's not going to pick up and or it's not going to go away for this second going into Fast 9 or F9 here. So like I said, been about 20 years since the first film. We get to see these, these kind of unanswered questions, the mythology behind uh behind Fast and Furious, all these questions that the fans have probably have kind of come out in this film as you kind of hear the director and the cast kind of talk about it during this press conference here. Also, another big thing about this film that everybody is hyped about, and it was done because of the fans is Han is back. Uh Sung Kang who plays Han is back into the franchise. It was so excited for the fans. If you guys remember the trailer release. um, the trailer uh, release party they had and everything, and everybody was losing their minds because they surprised us then with letting us know he was coming back. There was a hashtag, Justice for Han, going around. So that all kind of spurred this move for him to come back in a franchise. I'm so excited. I wish I could learn what is that snack he's always going around eating. It's always like he has some kind of little chips or cookies in his hand and just staying so slim and fit as ever. So I'm just wondering what is he and what is going on? You know, give me the secret. So, yeah. So what I'm going to do is as I went through this press conference, they kind of went uh, cast member by cast member, you know, still keeping it kind of tight. It's not a, it's not that huge flair and and, you know, awesomeness and craziness that we are used to when it comes to Fast and Furious, because, you know, you know, like I said, we're still in a pandemic, you know, just, you know, virtual low key conference here. So but, yeah, I'm going to still kind of give you all a little juicy details and everything that I found out. So I'm going to start with um, Natty, Natalie Emmanuel. Ramsey she plays Ramsey in Fast and Furious Masandé is back for all the Game of Thrones fans so the big thing for her going into this fast saga is we've never seen her drive but we also learned that Ramsey can't drive so that's pretty much what everybody a lot of the um, a lot of the questions kind of surround a lot of what's going about a lot of what the fans are loving are excited about and it's going to be hilarious seeing seeing her drive the van you can see it a little bit in the trailers like this big this uh, this van or, this, or uh, small but well, just a van I don't know what I'm trying to say like a small bus or something, but we get to see that kind of hilarious factor of her driving that. Also, too, that I thought was um, interesting that was pointed out is they asked her about the uh, what was more difficult, the tech jargon that she has to spin out because we know she's one of the the tech, uh, I, you know, I guess IT geniuses of the team, sort of like Ted, played by by Ludacris. But they said she says that it was easier for her to do the tech jargon jargon than learn Valyrian. Um, again, another GOT for all you GOT fans out there. Another reference to that. So I thought that was interesting. Also, she said she would love to work with Charlize Theron, Helen Marin that are part of the franchise. She hasn't got to work with them yet. She was asked about what characters she would like to work with. You know, we haven't seen Ramsey do a lot outside of Tej and Roman characters. So it's, you know, it's going to be cool to see how they mix it up for her going into this, um, into F9. So yeah, that'll be cool. And then like she talked a little about, you know, women, women of color in the tech space. So you know we've done a lot that a lot of with that um, uh, for BGN as well. So it's cool to see her talk about how she loves that representation. Also cool for us because yeah, she does kick butt when it comes to tech and to be able to see her to go toe to toe with Cipher, Charlize Theron's character. Hopefully they do more of that coming up in this next film. All right, cool. So I'm gonna move on to director Justin Lin. We know he has had a long a long history going back to, to five, it's probably like, I'm pretty sure three or four, like majority of the franchise, he's had a big part in the cast. You hear Vin Diesel talk about it. They were not going into these last final moments of this franchise without director Justin Lin. And so we got, you know, we got to kind of get our questions here, you know, into some of the, for some of the cast and everything. So I asked him about, what was it a uh, cool about directing the fight scenes? And he started, first of all, you could tell he was just trying to put it all together about there's been so many epic fight scenes and so many cool moments for the franchise. But he talked a lot about, you know, being back on the set and being back working with- um jordana and michelle rodriguez and their cool epic fight scene how the women are are coming more front, front for this uh film and you know just getting that close list because you know you get you kind of get up and close and personal when it comes to a lot of these fight scenes and being able to work with them on that so i thought that was cool and also to going back to the women he talked a lot about fighting for that and wanting to see them have more story arc more um You know, just just exploring them more that a lot of the fans probably wanted to know and and see about him. We know Michelle Rodriguez has been a big proponent of fighting for, you know, women to have more of a say in this franchise because she's been in there for so long. So, yeah, it was it was cool to hear him talk about that and just how he always wants to keep that energy, the momentum going for this franchise. And we definitely feel it because it's always got to be bigger and better stunts. So, yeah, really cool to see Justin Lin talk about that. And we know, you know, Vin Diesel was a big part of him coming back to the franchise. He talked about, you know, Paul Walker. Everybody's like, well, are they going to finally say that Paul Walker is dead? I don't think so. According to what Justin Lin was saying, I think they're just going to try to keep his try to keep that idea of him still being alive. You know, they're trying to work around it respectfully, which, you know, I'm not. He was such a he was such a huge part of the franchise and such an, an important character that I'm really not mad at that you know I, I hope they kind of find a way where it makes sense with the story you know where it's not too outlandish but to keep the Brian character going keep the Paul Walker that that feel that all the fans are gonna you know what they miss about him so rest in peace Paul Walker and we hope that continues to go with this franchise so so that will be cool there all right now I'm moving on to Luda who plays Tej and so I got to ask him, what was his favorite? Um, what was the favorite car he's ever upgraded and his favorite gadget playing Tedge? And um He talked a lot about um, the Fast Five and, you know, Fast Five, I think for me, too, was the big jump for me in Fast and Furious was like I had watched it. But when Fast Five hit, I was like, oh, shoot, this just amped it up. This is another kind of film. This is another another level to this franchise. You know, the stunts got bigger. the, The stakes got bigger. The element of the Fast family and them coming together for different, you know, heist, so to speak, or to save the world in certain ways was it was kind of epic. So he talked about he liked his favorite car was the Ford GT that he had in there. And also they had this little robot. I'm 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 forgetting the name of, it, but there was this little robot that kind of allowed them to kind of get in like little secret areas and stuff like that that Tej designed. And he said that was one of his favorite gadgets and everything. But yeah, he talked a little bit about, you know, he loved the, the he loved, we all know, you know, he's amazing a epic, I would say kind of one of my favorite rappers. So he talked a little bit about, you know, the difference between the music and the film you know, and filming and that and how he, you know, he loves um the, uh you know, the adjustments of, of both or loving both, but you know, there's less elements when it comes to music. So it's kind of cool to hear him to talk about that. But yeah, he was, and he also had a lot of shock factor about figuring out that Dom had a brother. And it's like, now the team has to go up against somebody else that's, you know, younger than Dom probably has a lot of his skills. So that's crazy. So yeah, a lot of cool little nuggets there from uh, Luda. He was his was kind of short and sweet, and he was in and out. So yeah, a little cool nuggets. So I can't wait to see. Hopefully, he gets more fight scenes. We got a little bit of him fighting um, in the in the one before uh, eight. So yeah, hopefully he'll get more fights. I'm also curious between uh, Roman, Tej, and Ramsey. Like if they're gonna keep playing up that romantic angle, and is um, Ramsey going to pick either Tej and Roman? Which by the way, I forgot to mention. I also threw in a question for Ramsey or for um, Natalie where I was curious if we're going to find out her last name, because if you remember in, um, in fast eight, fast and furious, the fate of the fast and furious or F eight, she asked them, she asked Roman and Tej, what was her last name? And that was, I guess that was going to kind of determine who was actually trying to get to know her. If they just trying to, you know, lock up and find a girlfriend or whatever. So she asked them that question. And so I'm wondering, and it kind of seemed like by based on Natalie's answer, it kind of seemed like we might not get her last name in this one, so I don't know. And I don't know if that means the flame is kind of out when it comes to Ramsey being caught between Tedge and Roman. But I guess we'll find out. I'm I'm leaning towards if you asking me and my fandom, I'm leaning towards Tedge more because I love that whole like geeky couple. You know the way their minds work and they can kind of bounce off each other when it comes to. Especially uh, stopping a, a serious high tech uh, hacker like Cipher, so it, it's going to be very interesting. So hopefully that's what they're going to do. In F9. I don't know. They kind of. I'm um, hopefully they're not cooling it on that because I think that's kind of like a little interesting element they've kind of added in with the with the letter films. But, you know, anyway, I digress. Moving on here. Going to Jordana, who plays Jordana Brewster, who plays Mia Toretto. And we know she was absent in the last film. You know, everything going on with Paul Walker. Her character kind of had, you know, for good reason, her character took a break for F8. So you could see in her face and everything, she was good to be back. And she said it was cool to get to stick around for the entire shoot this time. Usually she's working on a TV show or something and she doesn't get to be there for the entire shoot uh, when it comes to the Fast and Furious franchise. So she was here for this whole thing. She talked about, you know, the, the elements, the moments where she missed being on set with Paul Walker and how it was kind of, you know, weird for her for the seventh film, you know, when his brother was subject, you know, her, his uh, Paul Walker's brothers were put in, you know, in place of film, because she basically she filmed all those scenes and, in film seven, you know, without Paul Walker, you know, obviously for obvious reasons. And so it was just, she said, she remember feeling kind of weird on set, you know, having to use his brothers or having to use whatever kind of doubles they had to do to, to make it work. So it was interesting to get her take on that. Also, she did a lot of her stunts. She takes a lot of taekwondo. She worked with the stunt team to, chore- to choreograph. They have this badass scene, her and Michelle Rodriguez, where they're fighting in some kind of kitchen bar sort of thing that they touched on. And she was talking about how it was cool to, to kind of put them in that scenario. And Justin Lin kind of gave them this idea of like, look, you guys are not going to have weapons. We know the Fast and Furious team doesn't really use a lot of you know, they can if they need to, if they but I know Vin, I feel like as a leader, Dom as a leader doesn't really use, have them with a lot of weapons and stuff. So you see, you see Mia and you see uh, Letty in the situation where they have to pull things from the kitchen to kind of fight their way through and kind of fight through the scene. So I cannot wait to see it. I'm so hyped to see how that's going to turn out. So we're going to see about, um, you know, her her being a badass and getting a fight. Also, she talked about how Mia is so calm and just, you know, in a sense, kind of passive about things. And she said that's, you know, totally the opposite of her. And she would like to see her character kind of break out of her shell. Like she said, we'll get a moment where Mia calls. Jacob Toretto and you know she really wants to she really kind of wanted to see I guess maybe a little bit more of a, a reaction I guess um you know between Mia and Dom on that topic and you know we we always see them kind of you know which is not a bad thing because they're all brother and sister but just more of an edge and more of a I guess a fight she I guess you would say for Mia that she doesn't always get to see which she kind of pointed out would be cool for her character all right, so going down to Tyrese, was, by the way, had me laughing up in this prayer conference for y'all because he looked, he was yawning like every other word, which, you know, I feel like kind of leads to his air that would get him about, get to him about Roman and kind of his. You know his put punch, his punchline sarcasm sarcasm. Also, he could have been tired, you know. I throw that in there as well. But you know, with Tyrese, I think it was interesting. You could kind of tell throughout this inner throughout him being asked the questions, and you know, so far where he's coming to franchise, he's always the one that has the punch lines the dro- the jokes, but you can tell he really wants to take a more serious approach to Roman. You know, he's played a lot of serious roles, kind of as we've been as we've been on a break from the franchise leading up to this. So it was very interesting to kind of see his take on how he fought for there to be more of a dramatic side of Roman for this, for this movie that he said we're going to get. He kind of stepped away a little bit from the punchlines that he, the punt being the punchline guy, which he said he might, you know, we, I'm sure we'll go get that a little bit here and there, but he kind of stepped away from that. Another thing I thought was interesting when he talked about how him and Luda, him and Ludacris kind of a lot of their jokes and funny moments are just them. That's stuff they've added into the script. Writers don't really do a lot of that for them. They kind of have to fill it their own set and they kind of fill out those moments. So I can't see, I know they're going to space for this franchise. I mean for this um, for this particular movie or or this particular um, part in the saga, so that's gonna be interesting, but we know it's always gonna be something with Roman and Tedge in this in this in this saga. so I can't wait to see how that goes down. Okay, and lastly, we wrapped the whole shebang with the guy himself, Dom, Ben Diesel. We wrapped it up here and got to kind of hear him really kind of pour. and you can see it from his heart how much he cares about this franchise. You could just see it all over his face. And just he talked about what really keeps people coming back. And I know for me, for certainly what keeps me coming back for this franchise is he talked a little bit about, you know, just it's always wanting to see what happens next. You know, it is a very longed out, long drawn out you know uh series not long drawn out a battleway, way not for me at least but you always it's anticipation of seeing these characters grow like i said we're already to we're we're as we getting to episode or movie 9 there's so much going on and maybe you don't think about it so many stunts and and you know explosions and everything going on you don't think about it we're just now getting the origin story for Dom, So this is so cool how this franchise just kind of picks a moments to kind of unfold. And it's all about origins. It's all about the mythology. It's all about the background, all the other questions that we've had as fans that we get, you know, mysteries about the Toretto family, secrets about the Toretto family that are just a huge part of this franchise that we don't know also you know just thinking about the Toretto family and things that we don't know and like little signatures of the of the uh, saga I'm curious you guys know that that cross necklace that plays that I feel like is going to be an iconic piece of the franchise you know I'm kind of curious if that's going to play a part into some of this because they're talking a lot about family and origins and things like that if that's going to kind of play into a factor so I'm curious to see if that's going to pop up at all in F9 that just kind of was a thought I had there but yeah so just kind of hearing Vin Diesel kind of pour his heart about he shared a story about him and Paul Walker where they were at an airport in Mexico and Paul Walker p- pointed out how people didn't recognize them then you know it was around the first film and how they really you know people were just kind of walking over acting like they weren't there and Paul Walker stated like he already knew he was like your anonymity is going to be gone once this film is out and he was right you know they are some of the biggest action stars on the planet you know, Paul or, you know, we're, we're in Paul Walker's case. Well, I'm just going to say still is because we miss Paul Walker so much in this franchise RIP. And so, yeah, it, I, it was just amazing to hear that he saw that he foresaw that for how big this franchise is going to be. And also they talk, Vin talks a lot about John Cena spending time with his family. You know, they do this, you know, fast and furious franchise. They're big on, you always see them off camera together, spending time together. That's how they get such of a big uh, develop that chemistry and have that fast family have such a family feel. So I know we're going to feel it when they when we see this brother bond broken and how they have to play that on screen just to know that John Cena was hanging a lot around with his kids he was playing piano with Vin Diesel's daughter so just all that kind of background and stuff that builds chemistry I think was so important so cool to know. And he talked about going really going after Justin Lynn and he knew like maybe two, three movies before that Justin Lin was gonna have to come back and complete this. They had that they've had like some phenomenal directors on this franchise, but he knew Justin Lynn was gonna be the one to understand just how you know each character and being able to give them their individual focus and how it was so important to be able to have him come back for this. And also, I found out there was a Dom Shrine, which I did not know. There's this place where he goes to think about and really get into the zone. And when he talked about the Dom the Dom Shrine, he even went into that Dom voice you know that voice there's like a difference between the Vin the Vin voice and then going into the Dom voice so I thought that was pretty hilarious how he switched that up but he talked about having this sanctuary this place where he kind of goes and and just you know everything from real life sort of melts away and you know he really transforms into Dom to kind of think about it and he said that's where he went to think about you know when he found out you know John Cena was going to be playing his brother and just you know um kind of a place you know where he goes to contemplate and think about stuff I thought that was so interesting and also, too, I need to go back and rewatch Fast Five again. I'm kind of waking my way through back through the franchise. I try to do this every time I watch, I get ready for a new one. But for Fast Five, we al- I he implied that there was a scene in there with him and Paul Walker or him and Brian. And we and he kind of hints at the fact of not thinking he's going to be a good dad, not thinking he deserved, you know, he was going to have or have a family like this. And, you know, he kind of correlated to, you know, him as an actor in real life, the kind of things that he, you know, him diving so much into his work and and how important this is franchising him not thinking, you know, because, you know, we always see his beautiful kids and some of his interviews and stuff like that. and. And so, just not just, I love, I thought it was very interesting that comparison he made between himself and the character. And, um, but yeah, so apparently, Dom did not think he was going to be a good dad starting out or a good dad in the beginning. And now, all of a sudden, you had, you know, he has this three year old, he has a son, him and Letty are making it work. So, yeah, guys, I cannot say again how excited I am to see this unfold in f9 but yeah he kind of wrapped up the press conferences that was kind of end of that but before i let you guys go and wrap it up here i want to kind of break down as a fast and furious fan i have went and i have found you got some things to do as we kind of wait for june 25th to get here if you are if you are part of the fast family like i am and want to kind of have a little fun so the fast Saga has a facebook messenger app where um you can have you can kind of send your burning questions it has like a 360 degree background you can do um you know in chat theme it's also available on ig but yeah it's called the fast saga facebook messenger chat so definitely go check that out if you're curious also, you can do the uh the uh fast family instagram lens, which I've done. I played with this a little bit, you know, the um, where you can find out what character, what F9 character you are, and I've got in and, and I've gotten Letty so far. So yeah, go and check that out on IG. You can kind of play with that lens a little bit. Also, you got they got the gift pack for you. If you guys are gifts fan, like to send gifts of everything, they got the fast and furious gift collection here. The road to F9 continues, continues with the gift pack. So they have that available for you guys. Also, they have uh, the Fast Saga screenings every Friday, hashtag Fast Friday screenings. You can go and find select theaters that are playing the Fast and Furious franchise, you know, up to going up to, you know, nine or seven here and um. I know they they recently put out Fast uh, Furious 7, I think is playing in some in some areas because they've kind of been doing this all throughout. So yeah, you can kind of go watch Fast 7 or, or Furious 7, I should say. So catch all those films. Also, um, if you watch, uh, if you're in inter- a inter- entertainment weekly, if I can get it out, EW, or I guess I just say EW, they have a lot going on with the cast still. If you want to catch a little bit more interviews there and um yeah there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff of f9 so yeah this is cool too um and apparently there's a song uh if you listen to fast lane i think i heard that playing a lot of a lot of here um uh, little Dirk is part of that. Uh so yeah, it's it's a cool, a cool song out. Fast lane. Definitely check that out. You guys know I'm into the music. I'm gonna go check that out. I feel like they had that plan throughout the press conference and I couldn't really tell because you know they have so much good music going on. So you just find yourself just kind of bobbing up and down to the beat and everything and and, and um finding out later, like oh, okay, so we got our own Fast and Furious uh, soundtracks going. But yeah, they always have like dope epic soundtracks going with the Fast and Furious franchise. So yeah, those are kind of li- little things that you can kind of keep you going. I know I'm excited about it because I know as a fan I'm always trying to keep my hands on something to stay busy as I try to keep my mind occupied until I can check out the film. But yeah, guys, June 25th, Fast Family is happening. Go check it out. They are, the other big thing is they're all pushing for it to be in theaters. I know, even though I'm such a big fan, I know I'm, I'm trying to get there. I'm not quite ready yet. But yeah, if you if you are ready for it, it's going to, it's trying to bring, they're trying to bring everybody back to the theaters. So yeah, it's only in theaters. So get them, um, check out, figure out where you can get your tickets at june 25th and guys thank you so much as usual usual if i can get my words out here for listening um you know uh, listening to me chat and rant about this and and you know hopefully you got some cool little nuggets go and check out the trailer for the fast and furious not if you haven't seen it because they kept pressing the date pack so much so go check out that trailer now to give you some cool little nuggets yeah and i want to hopefully you guys will uh show us your little show us your pictures and everything if you check out the facebook Messenger app thing let me know and us, uh, everybody stay safe wear your mask get back find out um all the info about vaccine vaccines and stay safe thank
0: you guys bye The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Boom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.